You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Genesis chapter 35 and verse number 1. The Bible says, And God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there, and make there an altar unto God, that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto his household, and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments, and let us arise and go up to Bethel. And I will make there an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distress, and was with me in the way which I went. And they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand, and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. And they journeyed, and the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them. And they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. Verse 6, So Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan that is in Bethel, and all the people that were with him. And he built there an altar and called the place El Bethel, because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. But Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died, and she was buried beneath Bethel under an oak, and the name of it was called Alan Bakcheth. And God appeared unto Jacob again when he came out of Padaram and blessed him. And God said unto him, Thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called any more Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. And God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee. And kings shall come out of thy loins. And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac, to thee will I give it. And to thy seed after thee will I give the land. And God went up from him in the place where he talked with him. And Jacob set up a pillar in the place where he talked with him, even a pillar of stone. And he poured a drink offering thereon, and he poured oil thereon. And verse 15, And Jacob called the name of the place where God spake with him, Bethel. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for your word. Uh, The uh, privilege we have to uh, own a copy of the Bible. I thank you for the privilege we have to have the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us to lead us and, and guide us and direct us into all truth as we study the Scriptures And Lord, we come before you this morning, and uh, Lord, this is no uh, surprise to you. Uh, You're in control of the weather. Uh, I'm just so thankful that we have uh, these folks that are here in the auditorium. We've got many folks that are watching, uh, many folks that are listening. And Lord, I commend those folks. I commend these folks for their desire to hear from you today. Lord, help me not to be in the way. Help me to just simply deliver the truth that you've given me. And I pray that you would speak to hearts and speak uh, to me and speak to each and every person here. I pray give us what we need from the Word of God. Thank you for this passage. Thank you for the life of Jacob and the lessons we can learn. I pray you'd speak to us now in this service, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. Uh, I have been reading through the book of Genesis, as I'm sure many of you have, and I've read it through so many times, but I've been amazed and just the things that have jumped out at me and the things that God has used in my life. Uh, I hope you're reading the Bible every day. And if you're going through the Bible reading schedule, then you have read these chapters here in this last week. 
But Genesis 35 is an interesting passage because it talks about Jacob and it talks about a place called Bethel. Well, that's not the first time that Jacob had been to Bethel back in Genesis 28. Jacob was fleeing from his brother Esau. He was fleeing for his life and uh, he, he, he laid down to sleep and he laid down to sleep and in his dream he saw a ladder going up towards heaven. And God met with him there and uh, Jacob set up an altar there and he said, uh, surely the presence of the Lord was in this place and I knew it not. And by the way, that's a sad thing to be in a place where God is and you don't even know it. I think we have church members. I think we have people that come to this church week after week after week and I'm glad they come. I'm glad you come. But don't miss what God's doing when you come. Don't miss the, 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 the preaching and the teaching and don't miss the Sunday school classes and, and don't miss the opportunities of ministry and, and don't miss the answers to prayer that we see week after week after week after week. And don't come to the end and say, you know, God was working and God was moving and I didn't even realize it. I missed it. Jacob said, the Lord was in this place and I didn't even know it. And he he, he uh, set up an altar there at Bethel. Well, then you get to Genesis 32 and Jacob wrestled with God and it was there at that place where God changed Jacob's name from Jacob to Israel. And boy, that's a whole nother message for another day, but Jacob had deceived a lot of people. He had deceived his father and he had deceived his father-in-law and now he is face to face with God and he found out you can't fool God. You might be able to fool your father whose eyesight is failing. You might be able to fool your father-in-law with your tricks, but the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. And Jacob came face to face with God. And it was at that place that God said, hey, your name's not going to be Jacob anymore, but your name is now going to be Israel. That was in chapter 32. Chapter 34, we don't have time to get into all this chapter, but in this chapter we see that Jacob's sons, they decide to take revenge for their sister. And in taking revenge for their sister, they wipe out, they massacre an entire city. And Jacob hears of what they have done and Jacob panics. He says, we're in trouble. You guys just massacred an entire city because of something that happened to your sister. And Jacob said, all of the inhabitants of the land, they're going to destroy us. We are going to be wiped off the earth because of this. That's the setting. And now we get into Genesis 35. And in the midst of this devastation, in the midst of this trouble for Jacob, God speaks to him and God gives him a message. Aren't you glad that God still speaks when we're in trouble? Aren't you glad when it seems hopeless and it seems like the whole world is against us? Aren't you glad that God still speaks? And God said unto Jacob, Arise and go up to Bethel and dwell there. Well, that wasn't just a spot on a map for Jacob. Jacob knew what that place was. That's where he had been in 28 when God met with him there. God said, Jacob, you got to get back to Bethel. You got to get back to that spot. It's interesting to me. Our theme for the year is all about the church. 
Well, this is Old Testament, I understand that. But the name Bethel literally means the house of God. And God said to Jacob, he said, you got to get back to Bethel. You got to get back to the house of God. You got to get back to the place where I met you. You got to get back to the place where I talked to you. We see that God tells Jacob to get back to Bethel. In Genesis 28, it was at Bethel where God promised Jacob that he would take care of him, that he would bless him, that he would not leave him. And it was there that Jacob set up a pillar. He set up a monument. He set up a memorial. And he said, I don't ever want to forget what God did in this place. Now, some of you have memorials uh, in your pew. Some of you have blankets and some of you have footrests and some of you have uh, water bottles. And I'm, I, if, you, if you have those things, that's okay. I'm not saying set up a memorial in your pew. I'm not saying you got to put up a sign, you know, it says reserved for, you know, my family or, uh, you know, or uh, 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 Carolina Panthers fans only. Or, don't, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. But what I am saying is that every one of us, we ought to have some memorials. We ought to have some things that we do to remind us of the place where God has met with us. I hope God has spoken to your heart in these pews. I hope God has spoken to your heart at this altar. I hope God has spoken to your heart uh, in your Sunday school classes. And I hope God spoke to your heart in the parking lot services and, and in the tent services. And I hope God speaks to your heart while you're watching online. But I hope God speaks to you in your living room when you're having your devotions and you're reading your Bible and you're praying. I hope God speaks to you when you're riding in your car and you're riding down the road and you're talking to the Lord. We've got to have some times and places where we meet with God. There has to be a Bethel. I believe every Christian needs to have a house of God. I think every Christian needs to have a local church where they come and where they worship with God's people and where God speaks to them. I'm thankful for parents that brought me up in church. I'm thankful for the first church I remember was the Berean Baptist Church in Rockford, Illinois. Can I tell you, every time I go back to that place to visit, it's a special place. And it's not just because of the friends. It's not just because of the, the people there. It's because God worked in my heart as a boy in that place. I had the opportunity to be a, a, a part of First Baptist Church in Geneseo, Illinois, where my dad pastored for 20 years. Can I tell you, that place was a special place. Uh, that old building, and some of you that were from there, some of you in here now, you know, but that old building uh, burned down within the last few months, and it wasn't still the church. The church had moved to another location. But that broke my heart, just to even see that spot where that building was and all the things God did in my life in that place. I thank the Lord for the North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, where my wife and I were a part of that church. And we sat in services and, and God spoke to us and God dealt with our hearts. And, uh, and can I tell you, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for Victory Baptist Church. I'm thankful for, for, for my wife and I and our family these last eight years where we have seen God work and God bless and we've seen the Spirit of God move time and time again. I don't ever want to get tired of that. I don't ever want to get used to that. I don't ever want to take that for granted. I don't want to get away from that. I don't want it to be where God says, hey, uh, why don't you get back to Bethel? You haven't been there in a while. 
I want to be in the house of God. I want to be in the place where God meets with me. We see in this passage, number one, for Jacob, in order to get back and get right with God, number one, there had to be a return. It says in verse one, he said, arise and go up to Bethel. He said, you got to get back to that place. Maybe for you this morning here in this auditorium, you that are watching or listening online, maybe it's time for you to return to church. Maybe it's time for you to return to a walk with God. Maybe it's time for you to return to a ministry. Maybe it's time for you to return to something that God used to be doing and God used to be working, but you have gotten away from God. Number one, there must be a return. Number two, I see for Jacob, he had to remain. He says in Verse number one, God said unto Jacob, arise, go up to Bethel, and what's the next word? Dwell. That word dwell, it means to abide. It means to stay. It means to remain in a place. God told Jacob, he said, this is not a drive-through. This is not a drive-by. He said, Jacob, you got to go to Bethel, and you got to stay there for a while. You've got to abide there. He said, I want you to build an altar. I want you to offer a sacrifice. I want you to stay at Bethel until you get what you went there for. Can I tell you, I hope when you come to church, I hope you get something from it. And I know you say, well, pastor, we can't just come and go because you preach for half an hour or 40 minutes or 45 or however long. I've lost track of how long I preach. But I hope you not just come and not just show up, but I hope you get something out of it. Wouldn't that be a, a good thing to do if you're going to go to church? Wouldn't it be good to get something out of it? Wouldn't it be good to say, well, even if I don't, even if I don't care for the preacher that much, I, I know the book he's preaching, that's a good book. I know the God who wrote the book. I know he's got something to say. I know the Holy Spirit wants to work. Can I tell you, remain. Don't leave until you get something from God. It was there at that place, Bethel, where God had appeared to Jacob. It was there where God had met with him before. When God wants to meet, God wants to speak, don't be in a hurry to get away. Remain and stay until God does the work he wants to do. Number three, I see in this passage that there had to be a removal. It says in verse number two, then Jacob said unto his household and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean and change your garments and let us arise and go up to Bethel. And I will make there an altar unto God who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me in the way which I went. Verse four, and they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hand and all the earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. There had to be a removal. Can I tell you what needs to be removed from our lives? All the strange gods that have crept in. Uh, all of the things of this world. Every time you see the earrings that were in their ears. Every time you see that throughout the Old Testament, that was something that they had gotten from the world. That was something that they had, had gotten from the ungodly and the unsaved and the heathen nations. And can I tell you, worldliness has crept into our churches. As a matter of fact, I don't think it's creeping in anymore. I think it's walking in the back door. I think it's being flaunted in many churches. I think it's being glorified. I think it's being justified. I think it's being accepted. 
But I want to remind you that our God is still a holy God and our God is still a righteous God. And if we're going to meet with God, we're going to have to remove some things and we're going to have to get rid of the sin and the strange gods and we're going to have to be clean and be pure. I see that there had to be a removal. A holy God is not going to use a dirty vessel. God wants us to be clean. Jacob says to his family, he says, hey, we got to get some rid of some stuff. But I like what it says in verse four. And they said, Jacob, we're on board. We're going to get rid of this stuff. We're going to get rid of the gods. And, and Jacob took those things and he buried them. I love that. Hey, if you got some junk in your life, don't just set it on a shelf. Don't just stick it in a drawer. Get rid of it. You might want to take a shovel. And you may want to go out in the backyard and you may want to bury it or you may need to burn it or you may need to shred it or you may need to destroy it, but get rid of it. And Jacob said, we're getting rid of this stuff. Hallelujah for a man that said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And they got rid of the junk. Number four, I want you to see. The Bible says in verse five, and they journeyed. Now, don't forget chapter 34. Remember, all the nations are ready to destroy Jacob and his family because they had just massacred an entire city of people. And by the way, they should not have done that. That was not right. That was not good. But God said, in spite of your mistake, God said, I'm still going to protect you because God gave a promise to his people. And God was not going to allow his people to be destroyed by the inhabitants of the land. So notice verse number five, and they journeyed. And the terror of God was upon the cities that were round about them, and they did not pursue after the sons of Jacob. So while Jacob is going to Bethel, and Jacob is meeting with God, and while Jacob and his family are getting right with God, you know what God's doing? God is putting a holy terror on all the people so that they are held back from destroying Jacob and his family. Those people were not afraid of Jacob. They were not afraid of his boys, but they were afraid of Jacob's God. And I want to tell you, as long as you have God on your side, you have nothing to be afraid of. You have nothing to worry about. You have nothing to panic over because God is able to protect his people. I see number four, they had a refuge. They had a safe place where God was taking care of his people. The Bible says in verse 6, So Jacob came to Luz, which is in the land of Canaan, that is Bethel, he and all the people that were with him. You know, my desire is to finish my race, and my desire is to finish my course with joy. But I don't want to finish by myself. I want to finish with my wife. I want to finish with my family. I want to finish with our church family. I want to see a group of people that would say, hey, we are going to follow God. We're going to finish the race. We're not going to quit. Jacob and all of his family, they came into the land of Canaan. That is Bethel. He and all the people that were with him. And he built an altar. And he called the place El Bethel. Because there a God appeared unto him. There God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. Now, We've seen the name Bethel in Genesis 28. We've seen the name Bethel in Genesis 35. But here we see that Jacob takes it a step further. And now he says, this place, I'm calling it 
El, E-L, El Bethel. And that name means the God of Bethel or the God of the house of God. Now think about this. Now hang on, stay with me here. Don't lose me. Did you know sometimes we can get so consumed with the house of God and the things of God and the ministry and all the things we're doing that sometimes we can lose sight of the God who we're actually serving. We can be busy in the work and not have a relationship with the God whose work it is. And Jacob said, I got to get back to Bethel. But he said, I got to get back to the God of Bethel. He said, I got to get back to where God is speaking to me and I'm speaking to God. And I got to get back to where God is number one in my life. I see number five, there's a realization. The realization is that he said, I can't leave God out of my life. I can't leave God out of my family. And yes, I got to get back to Bethel, but it's not about Bethel. It's about God. Verse number eight, the Bible says, but Deborah, Rebecca's nurse died and she was buried beneath Bethel under an oak. And the name of it was called Alon Bakuth. And that name literally means the tree of weeping. Now, I've read this passage so many times, but it did not hit me until this last time of who Deborah was. Well, Deborah was really the last close connection that Jacob had to his mom. Now, his father is still living, but Deborah was Jacob's mother's nurse, and so she was probably the one growing up that did so much for Jacob. Jacob has to bury his mother's nurse, Deborah. And so there's weeping, and he calls the tree, says, this is the tree of weeping. But not only that, in this chapter, we see there were two more funerals. We see that there was a funeral in this chapter for Jacob's wife, Rachel. We see at the end of this chapter, there was a funeral for Jacob's father, Isaac. Jacob goes through three funerals just in a short period of time. But can I tell you what got Jacob through the funerals? Bethel, the house of God, the place where he met with God, the fact that God showed up and God did a work in his life. The realization, Jacob realized that he couldn't do it without God. He realized he was nothing without God. But then I want you to notice number six, the reminder. The Bible says in verse nine, and God appeared unto Jacob again. Aren't you glad that God speaks again? Aren't you glad that God doesn't just speak one time and he's done? I'm glad that God will talk to us again. And he uh, appeared unto Jacob again and he came out of Padan Aram and blessed him. And God said unto him, thy name is Jacob. Thy name shall not be called anymore Jacob, but Israel shall be thy name. And he called his name Israel. Now, I already, I, I, in the introduction, we went over a little bit of Genesis 32. But all God is doing here is he is reminding Jacob of what he had already told him, and that is this. God said, Jacob, you're not Jacob anymore. Your name is Israel. And the name Israel means you are a prince with God. Now, 
that we're talking about the Jacob in the Bible, in case you're wondering if we're talking about Jacob Dixon here, you don't have to run around and call him Israel. You know, we can still stick with Jacob for this guy. But he says, hey, Jacob, your name is not Jacob anymore, but your name is Israel. And God changed Jacob and God did a work in Jacob and God reminded him of the work that he had done in the past. Aren't you glad that God gives us reminders? Aren't you glad that God reminds us of what he's done in the past and he can still do it today? God reminds us that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. God is still able to do that today. God's not limited. He reminds Jacob of his new name, Israel. But then notice verse 11. And here's the message. God said unto him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall be of thee, and kings shall come out of thy loins. And the land which I gave Abraham and Isaac to thee, will I give it, and to thy seed after thee will I give the land. And God went up from him in the place where he talked with him, and Jacob set up a pillar. And the place where he talked with him, even a pillar of stone. And he poured a drink offering thereon, and he poured oil thereon. And Jacob called the name of the place where God spake with him, Bethel. Here's the reminder. God reminded Jacob of who he was. He was Jacob, but he was now Israel. But God also reminded Jacob of who he, God, was. And you know what's powerful? What's powerful is the fact that Jacob, he had to change. Because he had his old, old life and he had his past and needed to change and he needed to be new in Christ and he needed to have a new beginning and God had to change his life. But God said, you needed to change, but I didn't need to change. I am still God. I am still, and by the way, it's almost word for word from what he said in Genesis 28 at Bethel. He said, I am God Almighty. Aren't you thankful today that we serve a God who never changes? We're living in a world where everything's changing. As I was, as I was studying this week, I, I was just thinking about what, what are some things that are the same now that, were, that are the same now that were the same five years ago? There's not much that stayed the same. You look at our world, you look at our society. Five years ago, if you would have said, these things are going to happen in 2020, and these things are going to happen in 2021, and this is the way the politics is going to be, and this is the way the economy is going to be, and this is the way that uh, the, the, the health uh, industry is going to be, you would have said, you have lost your mind. Everything has changed. But I'm glad to tell you, in an ever-changing world, we have a God who never changes. Hebrews 13, verse 8, you don't have to turn there, but I'm going to have you turn to a passage. So start turning to the book of Malachi, if you would. It's the last book in the Old Testament. Hebrews 13, the Bible says this, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. Jesus is always the same. Boy, people change. I, I don't know if you've done this, but I've seen in, in recent days, people have done this thing on uh, Facebook. It's called the 10-Year Challenge. 
And by the way, some of you have not changed a whole lot. You still look as good as you did 10 years ago. You still look as young. Um, I, on the other hand, I've changed. As a matter of fact, I, as you're turning to Malachi, I'll tell you this story. I was preaching at a youth conference um, the last couple days of December in Raleigh. And uh, it was a great time. There was one preacher that was there. Uh, he was about my age. Uh, but uh, he could sing. He could play the piano. And then we were talking at a meal, and this guy is, uh, is a, uh, uh, um, not quite a black belt, but it's one notch below a, back, a black belt in martial arts. I'm like, well, oof. can't sing. Well, I thought I could sing, but Brother Nathan never puts me on the music schedule, so that's another story. I can't play the piano like Miss Phyllis and, you know, Miss Cheryl and all these piano players we have. And I certainly don't do Taekwondo. The other preacher that was there, um, he, uh, uh, many of you know him, he's been here before, Brother Scott Gray, he pastors down in Durham. And Brother Scott Gray was preaching, and I'm not kidding you, the service that he was preaching, I was on the front pew, Lacey, you were there with me, I was on the front pew, and I was almost on the floor laughing so hard. He was so funny. And then you'd be laughing, and then the next minute you'd be crying, and it was so powerful, it was so good. And uh, I got done preaching, and one of the, the girls uh, from the youth conference there, she is a girl from uh, Raleigh. I'd never met her before. Um, she was a little nutty, but, you know, but anyway, but she, she came up to me and she said, uh, she said, Pastor, she said, I got a question for you. And, I, you know, I'm ready. I'm ready for a serious question. You know, that message just really spoke to my heart and I made this decision and I'm just wondering, you know, whatever. And we're in the front of the auditorium and she's got a few of her friends there too. And she says, I got a question for you. I said, fire away, ask me anything you want. You know, I'm just thinking, boy, I've got, I got answers, folks. I mean, you know, I'm ready, I'm ready. You know, give me the hardest question you got. She asked this, she said, pastor, she said, how do you get your forehead so shiny? <laughs> Brother Buddy, I told her about our conversation a few years ago. I said, it's funny you ask because I've had people ask me that before. And I said, well, you got to get a good, good buffing cloth. And you know, no, no, no. But you know, I've changed. You've changed. All of us have changed. But aren't you glad that our God has never changed? He's still the same. He's still good. He's still faithful. He's still sovereign. He's still on the throne. And God had to remind Jacob, Jacob, I've changed you. For the better. But God says, but I didn't have to change because I am God Almighty. Here, are, you, are you in Malachi yet or did you get distracted like I did and I forgot to keep turning pages? Malachi chapter 3. Are you there? Malachi 3. If you're there, say amen. If you're not there, say oh me. All right, good. Well, at least here, I can't hear you online, but here everybody's there or else they're faking it really good. Malachi chapter 3, verse number 6. Are you ready for this? Closing book of the Old Testament, God reminds His people. He says, for I am the Lord, I change not. Hallelujah. That's a great reminder that God never changes. But notice the end of verse 6. He says, therefore, ye sons of who? Ooh. He says, ye sons of Jacob, the one who God came to and said, Jacob, you've changed. 
Jacob, you've come a long way. Jacob, I've done a work in you. But God says, I haven't changed. And here he tells the nation of Israel, the sons of Jacob, he says, you better be glad I haven't changed. Because if I could change, I would have already wiped you out. You would be consumed. But aren't you glad for a God who doesn't change? He's still merciful. He's still forgiving. He's still compassionate. He is still long-suffering. The God that never changes. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.